My name is Dean Proctor, and welcome to today's episode of the What Is This? podcast. In late 2019, I came into possession of several thousand 45 RPM records from the 1950s to 1980s. In excitedly pulling them from the boxes to examine them, and having been a music fan for my whole life, many of these artists and their records were familiar to me. At other times, though, I found myself, after putting one on a record player, asking, what is this? This podcast, focusing on rare records and odd audio from my own collection, complete with their pops, crackles, and Q-burn intact, is an attempt to answer that question. What is this? Welcome to Episode 9 of the What Is This Podcast. Today's episode is one that I've called One and Done. Now, you might refer to these records as one-hit wonders, because without a doubt, there are hundreds and hundreds of artists and groups out there that made just one record or hit the charts just one time. Uh, An example in our last episode was The Dukes from Ontario, Canada. But the records in this episode are just a few of the one-and-done artists from my own collection of 45s. So let's start off with one that caught me very much by surprise when I came across it. It's actually a double-sided 45 with a one-and-done offering on each side. We start with one side here, and a group called originally the Four Mints. Now that was essentially it for the Four Mints, now called the Mints, as a group. But their lead singer had his own one-and-done record, and it was on the A-side of the Mints' Night Air record. That lead singer was a young Texas boy named Ken Copeland. Now the initial pressings of Pledge of Love had it under the Mints' name, but as time progressed, and the disc rose in popularity, Copeland, the group's lead singer, was given sole billing. Now the song ultimately went as high as number 12 nationally. I love you so, I can't let you go, I must make you see, you mean more to me than each beat of my heart, for I can't live without And so the pop star wannabe Ken Copeland never established himself as the solo artist he'd hoped to be. But that's not to say he didn't become infamous. And this is what surprised me about this record. These days, he can be seen on TV presiding over faith healings, preaching his own brand of Christianity, and most recently was seen banishing the COVID-19 virus by simply blowing on it. Yeah, today, he is televangelist Kenneth Copeland. Well, let's move from Texas out to the West Coast. The Discogs database lists no less than 25 different groups or bands called the Thunderbirds. But that's the artist's name on this next one-and-done record. And this particular group may very well have just simply been a collection of studio musicians who worked for ERA Records in California. ERA 
started producing singles in 1955, and the very first one was this Thunderbirds version of a Newman and Bregman creation they called a ya a ya Down on the islands of the tropical seas, the living's easy and you're free as the breeze. You drink the fire and you do as you please. It's so romantic beneath the coconut trees. Hey, when a hula mama gives you a squeeze, you are done to go aya aya aya. Now, my copy of this Thunderbirds record was released in Canada on London Records, serial number 451619. There were many other record companies in California that were producing one-and-done records, too. And the single that I've picked next from this label is the rhythm and blues singer Tommy Lampkin. He recorded a 45 for Imperial Records in 1955 and another one for Ebb Records in 1957. Now, that Imperial single was called Lover's Plea, and it was backed with a song called Eternal Love. It's a ballad that's typical of its era, but I really have to say it's the bass singer in the background that's really my least favorite part of the song. My love is a flame A flame that's never cold A love that's always new to me A love that never grows old My copy of Lover's Plea is the Canadian release on London Records, serial number L1614. From California to Ohio, and a country singer named Tommy Zhang, and his song called I Take the Chance. Now, honestly, I can't find out much about Tommy Zhang. There are a few scattered references on the internet uh, that suggest he's covered songs by artists like Hank Williams and Ray Charles. He recorded for Hickory Records beginning in 1959, and the one lone reference from Billboard magazine that I can find was in April 1960. It said that Lebanon, Ohio had celebrated Tommy Zhang week. Apparently that's where his manager lived. I take the chance to be with you. I've tried to live my life the best I can. I prayed I'd never cheat to heed my heart's command. But dear, you know. Mine is Quality Records number 1515X. That's the Canadian version. And based on what I can determine, it was his second last release. When I mentioned the Thunderbirds a few songs ago, I mentioned that they might not have actually been a group at all, but instead just a collection of studio musicians. Well, the same might be true for this next one-and-done artist. They recorded under the name The Vox Poppers, and they had a one-off EP, had a picture sleeve on it, which suggests that there were, if the musicians on the picture sleeve were actually the musicians that did the recording, a self-contained group featuring a guitar, a bass, sax, accordion, and drums. 
But the truth is there are a lot of ifs when it comes to this record. What is clear is that Wishing For Your Love, backed with a song called The Last Drag, about a drag race, was their initial offering for the Poplar label in 1958. And when it got some airplay, Mercury Records picked up the distribution and the song Wishing For Your Love went to the US Top 20. This is on the Mercury label, serial number 71282. Well A group called the Vox Poppers continued to record for Mercury Records and also Warwick Records before they disappeared from the scene. People familiar with the Mercury label have confessed a complete ignorance to who this one charting act was. Now, I know full well that just because something is on the internet doesn't make it factual or true. But this next one and done comes with that caveat, because what I have discovered about this group might be just speculation at best. It's a one and done group on a 45. They're called the Knockouts, and they were from North Bergen and Bayonne, New Jersey. They recorded and released a song called Darling Lorraine in the autumn of 1959, and the song went as high as number 45 on the charts. One article I read said that the song stalled at number 45, possibly because that's when the payola scandal broke open in New York. But that's just one blogger's speculation. And another bit of questionable history on this song was posted by someone named Robert Gallagher on March the 7th, 2018. In reference to a brief biography on this group called The Knockouts, he posted this online, quote, Part of the story above is not accurate as my mom wrote the song Darling Lorraine, and they tried stealing it from my mom without any writing credit. Long story short, we sued them and got writing credit. The reason why the song peaked at 45 was because of an injunction put on the song by my mother's lawyer. It stopped all airplay and sales at the time. They later settled and asked my mom to write more songs for them, and she agreed. She also wrote, please be mine. End quote. Is that true? I can't determine whether it is or not, but I do know that the knockouts never charted again, making them, and the song in question, a one-and-done record. Well, this next record isn't actually from my collection of 45 RPM records, but rather from my collection of 78 RPM records. It's a wonderful example of mid-50s doo-wop music. The artist on this next song, listed on the Regency label in Canada, 
is the Willows. Now, they were formerly known as the Dovers and then later the Five Willows. When the group signed to newly established Melba Records in 1955, for their first recording session, they brought this song. It had been previously rejected by their previous label. The song is called Church Bells May Ring. Church Bells May Ring. That single was released in early 1956. It became a huge seller in New York. It, it charted at number 14 on the Billboard R&B charts, and number 62 on the Billboard Hot 100. One bit of interesting trivia. The chimes that are played throughout the song, representative of the church bells, they were played by a young music industry newcomer at the time named Neil Sedaka. That brings us to our final one-and-done record for this episode. It's by a group called The Byliners, and their song is called Mary Lou Brown. Now, from what I could find, this record seems to be the only release by this group. Uh, it was in stores and on the radio in 1961, although the actual recording and release date is unknown. I have to say it's not a great song, or particularly notable even, but... What we do know about Mary Lou Brown by the Byliners was that it was released on the Felstead label, released in Canada on the Black label, not Orange, as was the case in the U.S., and my Canadian copy is Felstead serial number FE 8631. As I said in an earlier podcast, I'm in no way making light of the fact that these were one-hit artists, or that none of them had a sustained music career after all, because, frankly, how many of us have been on the Billboard charts? At least these artists have that claim to fame. Thanks for listening. What Is This is a podcast focusing on rare records and odd audio from my own collection of 45 RPM records. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with your own social media circles and encouraging others to subscribe. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, or any episode for that matter, email me at deanproctor at gmail.com. That's Dean with an E. And until next time, thanks for listening.